Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. All right, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready, Freddie. Okay. Welcome to The Real Deal on Music and More with Mike Benigno, otherwise known as Beans. Mike has been a professional drummer and educator for 25 years. Credits include writing and drumming on Kelly Osbourne's CD, Shut Up, writing, producing, and drumming on On Your Own from the TV show Californication, Season 4, Episode 10, band name Rhino Tank. He has recorded for Pink, Rick Ocasek, The Candy Butchers, Mike Viola, That Thing You Do, Vocals and yours truly. We had a band together since moving to Las Vegas in 2013 has performed in MJ live for seven years, as well as subbing on rock of ages for drummer Alan Childs from David Bowie fame. After Las Vegas closed its casino doors on March 16th, Benigno created TrueMusicLessons.com to help unemployed musicians teach online. He, has a vol- he was a volunteer for the Kids of Whitney High in Los Angeles and is a graduate of Tony Robbins, UPW, as well as the Landmark Forum, Landmark Advanced Course, and the Landmark SELP. Wow. Holy cow! <laughs> I've done it so all. Fun. I, I love doing uh, the announcements like that. So thank you so much for joining us. And, and one of the, the reasons besides you being so dear to me and, and having the history that we have, um, I, I really also am so impressed and blown away by the, what you did right there, starting True Music Lessons at a time when people are freaking out, you stepped up. And I just love that. And, and the purpose of these conversations, the real deal on the philosophy is, is to show what's possible, expose people to other ways of thinking and being, and even get curious about what are other opportunities of thought, of emotions, of being and beyond. So, you know, thank you so much. And I remember where what I was doing the last time I was with you. Uh, it was in Vegas. <laughs> I was speaking at a conference. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't a Tony conference. I was I was the keynote. At, I don't remember which one in Vegas, but there's a few that I, I do out there. And uh, I was fortunate enough to come see you perform uh, before things closed down a bit. Was that MJ? Yeah. No, no. Okay. It was... No. Well, you, you also do, what was the show that was before that? Before MJ Live? Yeah, is it like in the same venue. Oh, the rock show where I dress up like Peter Chris and Kiss. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I got to video. see you in your Peter Chris garb and all of that, <laughs> and then you, you went off to, uh, um, you know, change, and then we hung out for a while and, and caught oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. That's funny. You know, I have a video of uh putting on makeup and how, how to put on uh kiss makeup in 12 minutes because, was it like it was part of it a mask or something well i started off with a mask i had a prosthetic my i had a prosthetic mask made to my face molded my face 
And uh, then I cut it at the lips um, and put that on. But after about a week, I really felt like a sellout. You know, I was such a big <laughs> Kiss fan. I was like, I can't do this to, my, to, the, to the Kiss fans or to myself, you know. And, uh, and, and the reason why uh, we did that is each set was 15 minutes. So I'd be in heart, in the heart set. And then I'd go off stage. Uh, and then another 15 minute act would start like meatloaf. And um, for, so for 12 minutes, I'd run in, do the outline of the, of, of, of the whiskers and the eyes. And then I go over to uh, Gene Simmons' wife, the guy who played Gene Simmons, his wife, and hold my hair back. And then she would just spray the white. And we did full makeup in 12 minutes, put on the costume, put on a wig, went out there and started playing Detroit Rock City. It was awesome. When you played the other, do you have a, a particular garb for heart or that kind of thing? Or was that less, um, dare I say, theatrical, you know, like. Yeah, well, I wore, the, I wore the kiss outfit underneath um, the shirt that I would wear for heart. Okay. So I'd go into the dressing room, take it off, and I had my kiss outfit. Did you have to wear the big shoes? No, you can't play, you can't play drums. I know, so I was going to say, like, how do you. <laughs> Did you have, but you would go and you got off stage and you would meet the, cause I believe we were doing since I saw you on that, that was probably the last set. Um, yeah. And then I saw you guys come out and say, Hey, to, to, you know, people watching the show, would you then wear I would put on that? The then I would yeah. put on the boots. Okay. Those were hard to walk in. I'll bet. Now, do you have those? Are you able to keep them? Like the show's still going on, right? I mean, in theory, no, the if show, it. No, the show closed after nine months. Oh, but MJ Live was still going or? MJ Live has been going uh, up until recently for seven, seven and a half years. How long have you been in it? Seven years. Wow. Right on. So the longest job I've ever had. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> and it, it, do you have any news? Like, is things going to like reopen? Are things going to reopen? Um, the casinos are opening on June 4th. I think the, uh, they're going to have a capacity of uh, 50%. Uh, there's no shows opening right now. So there's no showrooms opening. That might be phase three or phase four. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. My new favorite expression, we'll see. Right. So walk us through a little bit, like how, because I mean, you're in great spirits right now. I mean, I know you've been focusing on True Music Lessons. Where was that moment when you made that decision once they closed everything down like what what happened for you like how did you find out what emotions did you go through and then how did you turn that into your new focus okay i'll tell you um you know who bob proctor is yeah of course okay so watching bob proctor videos and doing bob proctor meditations because we were about two three weeks into the lockdown and you know, I had been going full on for seven years, six, seven nights a week, uh, four hours a night sometimes, you know, often uh, learning 30, 40 songs a week sometimes. Um, so any downtime that I had was just pretty much me being on uh, on my iPad, going through YouTube, not even listening to music and anything. So uh, when the lockdown happened, it was pretty shocking, right, to, for everybody. Um, so I was, for me, I like I, I need to reach out to find some sort of inspiration, and uh, I came 
across some Bob Proctor videos on YouTube. I had no idea how that popped up. I didn't know who he was. And, uh, oh, before that you hadn't. So, so for those who are maybe not, most people probably do know who he is. Cause if you're listening to, to this, you're probably on the path of, of personal development, but yeah. Bob has been around for ages and he was one of the original, um, sort of creators of the secret. He was the, one of the main guys in, in making that happen. Yeah. And he's a big advocate of uh, think and grow rich. Yep. Carries around a book that he had since the 1960s. And he's always like, here's my original book. <laughs> study this book yeah yeah i remember cool tony guy. robbins talking about that and when he was first on his uh his journey he talked to one of his very wealthy friends and asked for advice and he said his friend asked him have you read they can grow rich and tony said yes and then his response was how many times yeah yeah so <laughs> All right, so I, go I ahead read. so you're you're meditating on uh going through bob proctor stuff right yeah. And um, I just had an epiphany. I don't remember exactly what was said, uh, but I just had an epiphany. Like, you know, I, I'm not one to just sit around and wait uh, for whatever's going to happen for the for maybe to get unemployment or whatever. I had a good cushion of uh, money for several months, but I knew I had to take action for myself and for other people, you know, and uh, if I do stuff for myself, like, like true music lessons.com, if I do it solely, like I need to make money, uh, it doesn't inspire me enough to do it. But right. if I have other people like I do on the website and that, that are teaching, uh, I feel accountable to them. That motivates me. That inspires me. True yeah. team. Like you're yeah. still being like, it's actually, it's kind of cool. Like you're, like you're, a band. Yeah. You're, you're the, you're the, the holding the band together. You're the, yeah. you're the heartbeat of the band. You're the heartbeat of true music lessons. How cool. Yeah. 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 It, it is cool. It is kind of like a band. That's kind of like my whole life. I've always being in sports since I was a kid, I was always a team player uh, being 15 and joining my first band, being a team player. Uh, this, I want to have a team or like a family or a gang, you know? Yep. Totally. I mean, so interesting how, you and I have taken our music and found ways to still be musical, even in the otherness that we do. Um, you know, I've shifted from making music, you know, as a career to now helping people create music of their lives. And it's a very similar thing. I feel like I'm still kind of producing, I'm still orchestrating, I'm still finding the right pieces and helping people correct, you know, find the right, you know, bandmates and, you know, it's like bringing in a, a hiring a studio musician. I remember when, you know, we'd be doing something like, okay, who'd be the best drummer for this? Who'd be the best guitarist for this? Like their natural innate contributions. We want them to bring in their absolute best to this project so yeah. that it has a life of its own and that you're doing it right now. That's brilliant. And, you know, I'm, I'm so blown away by, you know, like just the fact that you're keeping on that mindset. Love it. Thanks, man. It, it, it gives me a reason to get up. Right. And, 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 yeah, and, and, and do something and, and work towards something. But it, as you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's been difficult. It's been challenging. Um, so have you been navigating? So what, what are some of the challenges you've had and how have you navigated mm -hmm. them? Uh, the challenges that I've had uh, have been, well, I first originally started this with, a, with, with a, uh, using a, an app called Meat Hook. Meat Hook is a really, really cool app. Do you know what Meat Hook is? 
I, I recall, a, I, like it's a way that you can communicate, like you could share music and stuff at the same time. Well, just, it's like a meeting <clears throat> experience. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, meet up, meet, meet up and hook up. And uh, it was uh, created by a friend of mine, uh, Anthony uh, Cincinnati. And um, what it is, is the platform is mainly for rock stars and, 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 and drummers. And you can pay a fee, let's say 15, uh, 20 minutes Ten, uh, or 10 minutes, $20 to talk to Dennis Chamber, drummer. I think that's the new thing that's happening right now with Hook. And you just go on the app and it's a video uh, like Zoom and you can uh, plug in, uh, you can go on the calendar and, 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 and hit the time and, and pay through it. So it's an all-in-one kind of thing. Um, so when I came up with the idea, uh, took about a week and a half of using Wix to do a website. I'm like, oh gosh, how do I do this? I, I built one and I scrapped it and then I built another and I kept on hitting these walls, man. Hitting these walls. And uh, and then once you, you know, you walk away and then you, you, you get back to it and then you cross over that bridge and you hit a new wall. Um, so uh, being friends with Anthony, he's like, why don't you use my app and we can, you know, you don't have to do any maintenance really. <clears throat> You can uh, use the calendar. You can, you know, it's a really cool platform. It's, it's uh, video and uh, all the money comes through and all this kind of stuff. Um, do your payments. So I did that for a couple of weeks, but my soul was just telling me, my gut was telling me, you just need to be in, take, take control of this entire thing. Uh, don't be scared of uh taking care of the bills and, 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 and setting up, you know, talking to customers and doing all this other stuff that you have to do as a business. Um, so I decided to start an LLC, my first LLC. I've done other businesses, small businesses as a DBA doing business as, uh, but, uh, so I went to legal zoom, <laughs> plugged in everything called legal zoom. They said, we're going to take care of it. Here's, you know, here's the money. All right, you do your thing. It'll take 15 business days. Uh, it took about a month because of, a, you know, not everybody's yeah. working in the government. And then, uh, so now I have to open up a bank account. So the banks, that this is where I ran into uh, some challenges. So uh, I went to a couple of credit unions and credit unions were saying it's going to take three to six weeks just for the paperwork to go through. Because and, of uh, the lockdown and all of that? Because of the lockdown, yeah. right. So three to six weeks to open a bank account. Wow. So I went to Chase. Let me go to a big bank. Here's something. This is funny. So uh, I go into Chase and Chase says, we're not accepting a, a, a opening up a bank accounts here. You have to do it online. So I go online and I call Chase because I couldn't figure it out. And they said, you have to make an appointment and go into the bank. I said, okay. So I made an appointment. They're not doing it online. I made an appointment the next morning, 1130 is the appointment. 1030, I got a call. Hi, yeah, uh, this is so-and-so. Uh, we're not taking, we're not doing this right now. We're not doing uh, bank accounts at the moment. So maybe in another week or, you know. So that was really, really frustrating. And um, back to a KISS connection, I posted something on uh, on Facebook about being frustrated with it. And... Uh, the, the, the woman, Terry, who did my makeup, uh, wife of the Gene Simmons character, uh, told me to contact another Gene Simmons impersonator who works at this bank. I contact him. 
He can get it, you know, I can get it done for you on Tuesday. Within just a couple of hours, just go to the bank, no problem. So now, so I got my bank account. So now I'm waiting uh, for my website to clear that my bank account so I can start accepting payments. Hopefully, Monday, Tuesday, maybe okay, Wednesday, so I can do a complete relaunch of this thing. Right. So share, like, going through that, there's opportunities. I, I share this story about the, um, the devil having a, a tag sale. I don't know. Have you heard the story about the devil and the tag sale? No. Tell me. So one day the devil decides to have a tag sale. He's just cleaning house. He's got all of his weapons of destruction that he's just, he's ready to make some new ones. And so he sets him up, right? And he's got the spear of jealousy and the mace of rage. And he's got all these crazy weapons and he sets it up. Like, you know, you go to the flea market and you see all of those uh, knives and swords and all that stuff. You ever been to one of those? You see that, right? It's pretty cool. It's like pieces yeah. of art. So he's got him set up and this demon comes along and he's looking at him. He's like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then he notices off to the side, there's this little wooden wedge, little wooden wedge. And he's looking at the price tags. And then he notices that the wedge is more expensive. This little piece of wood is more expensive than the rest of those weapons combined. So demon goes to Lucifer and was like, Lucifer, what the hell? But it, shh. He goes, why is that little piece of wood? I mean, it's used. Like, look at the mace of rage. Like, it is like, ah, oh, it just looks so incredible, right? And, and th that little piece of wood is more expensive. And devil looks at him and goes, ah, you are a wise demon. He said, that is my most powerful weapon, my most used weapon. He goes, the mace of rage, that thing is heavy. Have you ever tried to swing the mace of rage, man? You could hit you in the head. It's, oh, it's, a, oh, it's a disaster. That spear of jealousy is heavy, too. And it's not that accurate. You know, you got to be pretty close anyway. So why carry it around? They see it coming. But with that wedge, that is the wedge of discouragement. And all I need to do with a couple of notches of my ball peen hammer, wedge that in. The wedge of discouragement and that soul is mine. And while you were building your process and you're still doing it right now, you've had opportunities where the devil may have come along and given a little nudges of the wedge of discouragement. It's discouraging to hit those walls. It's discouraging to, you know, go for these things and have the banks and have these people, you know, no, and, and like these obstacles coming up can be very discouraging. Yeah. How did you continue and do you continue when you have these setbacks? Um, <clears throat> I walk away, I make phone calls, I call friends, take a bike ride. Uh, I start, I've been uh, since, lo uh, since a couple of weeks in from uh, the lockdown, I started uh, meditating again, haven't meditated in seven, eight years. Started meditating again uh, to start my morning um exercise has helped me a lot you know because it just releases all those chemicals in the brain you know that uh endorphins you know so yeah but mainly when when i hit that wall i'll just walk away just walk away from my desk play some drums make a phone call you know reach out beautiful so basically you're just sharing exactly the strategies that i teach which is change your state
change your physiology, step away. Don't get sucked into the story because when you get that wedge of discouragement, what happens? You start making up those stories. And unfortunately, I'm sure some of the people you call, you call people who are more encouraging than discouraging as well. Yes, but also everybody has their own problems and everyone's going through their own thing. So it gets me out of my head. It gets me out of self if I'm listening to someone else having, having, uh, a day. Oh, no, of course. I'm not suggesting when I say discouraging, I mean, someone like, all right. So as an example, when I first started getting into real estate investing, started, you know, like, Hey, you know, I I talked to someone I was close to and cared for and, you know, I was kind of letting them know. And they were like, Ooh, yeah. Good luck with that. You know, real estate, uh, you know, I had real estate once and man, they, you know, I had some tenants and they, they caused some damage. And then, you know, I, it cost me like $5,000 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, oh yeah, good, good luck with that. You know, not very encouraging. <laughs> it's not like they were telling me about their problems. They were telling me about like kind Your of justifying problem. and <laughs> showing me other reasons like, oh, you had a problem with that bank, man. I tell you what, starting a business sucks. Right. You're like, oh, great. <laughs> well, that's what happens. You know, all that chatter. Right. We have enough in our own head. Why do we need to talk to somebody else to like, you know, reinforce the negativity that we already are dealing with? Yeah. 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 The voices of the past. Well, right. Or when the fears of the future. Could be. Right. Because the voices of the past go, I hope that never happens again. And then they yeah. throw it into the future. <laughs> <laughs> right now we have this temporal bind like oh crap now what am i going to do right so which is why these conversations are so important because i'm sure that there are other people right now who whether or not we're dealing with the situation we're in right now that who are starting a business who are looking to get their lives to the next level and they're hitting obstacles and they you know the the purpose of this you know these conversations are to show what's possible that you don't have to give up. As a matter of fact, now's the time to step up. Now's the time to, you know, double down on yourself, double down on possibility, double down on the resources that you have, you know, within, you know, and, yeah. and doesn't, doesn't cost a dime to meditate. No, but that's where the brilliance comes is when you're quiet, when you still the mind and, and you allow yeah. that to come in. Yeah. Amazing. So, what what's next how like in regards to true music lessons obviously when this comes out there's going to be you know more progress what's your year goal your five-year goal like what's your vision for this process (laughs) uh well i'd like to see this uh go worldwide you know i i when when i look at how many students do i want to have uh with let's say 20 if i have 20 teachers or 50 teachers 500 students uh a thousand lessons a day but i gotta start with one at a time right now i have a couple of teachers that are that that are teaching uh through the meat hook app and so um, you're still using Meet Hook. still still using that app yep for sure and uh next week uh i should be able to accept payments and uh we'll be using zoom or facetime or whatever really uh, okay. platform the, the teacher and student want to want to want to use so yeah uh this is something that i decided when i start playing uh, performing again regularly i'm just going to continue to do this 
you know, right. throughout my 40s, throughout my 50s. I'm, this is just going to be something that I do, you know. Teaching well, I mean, on, as far as a business, it's it becomes passive income because yeah. you don't you don't have to do all the work. You can you can teach if you want to. Right. And with having the other teachers, which is brilliant because there's so many amazing teachers, so many different styles, so many ways that people can, you know, learn from different teachers as well. Like, how cool is that? Where you go, all right, I'm going to take a lesson from Beans and now I'm going to take a lesson from, you know, Tommy Lee or whatever, you know, and be able to. That would get, be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so have you started to leverage any of your contacts, letting them know about it? Is there any uh, like how far down that path have you gone? I started I, I came out of the gate uh fast and hard and, and and started calling people and telling them about it and and a lot of my friends were really interested uh but i pulled back when i i decided to make this uh an official business um because i didn't want to lead uh students to have to go open up and oh use a different app and then have to change platforms again, right. you know? So I pulled back a little bit. I have, there, there's a couple of teachers that are teaching right now. Uh, and uh, right now I'm just really researching, just beginning to research online, how to promote this thing. You know, I have a few friends that are reporters here in Las Vegas. And uh, obviously I, I, I have tons of friends who uh, live in Florida, like yourself and, 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 and New York that um, are parents, uh, that could help contribute, you know, to parent, you know, uh, parenting forums and, and, and things like that. Um, yeah. So I'll be reaching out to a lot of people. Okay. Well, obviously, you know, I, I mean, I've already started to hook you up with some, I, I, in that, the one connection, Mark and Laura, they'll, they'll be on the show too. They're big into like teaching already. Like they go to schools, Mark teaches, you know, the, he does the electric violin stuff. So yeah, they're, they're, I would love to get a violin player. There's so many great violin players out here in Las Vegas. My only, what, what I'm thinking is, uh, well, not what I'm thinking is, uh, I've been told that because a lot of people are getting unemployment that they just a little hesitant, you know, like, what does this mean for getting unemployment, uh, and teaching? Is that going to take away from my unemployment? You know? So, so, really yeah, so it's interesting sticky. conversation, right? Because I, I do not believe in the welfare state. I believe right. in helping people. Yep. I believe that the, you want the kind of people who go, you know what? I'm going to feel better about myself, even if I'm getting a little bit less money, but I'm making a difference. I have a purpose and I'm adding value. That's who you want because that's going to be sustainable. Those are the people who have the right heart. I, I personally, I would be a little concerned with someone who's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that because that might get in the way of my free money. I mean, like, I'm not sure actress, your heart yeah. is in the right place for this. I, I don't I, like you're not well, going to be creating raving fans for this organization for True Music Lessons. You're going to be thinking of this as a J-O-B. You know, and again, that's... Right it's yeah. a tough thing, right? Cause I get it. People are in pain. And if you have a sure thing of X amount of dollars and right. you know, I, I get it. I just, it's, it's a tough one. Right. Cause that's, uh, well, you know, true, music less, true music lessons is going to be here when, when, uh, when, when that's over, when right. unemployment ends, true music lessons will be 
online. And of course, and the people who get the early adopters, the people who get on board early are the ones who are going to have the most leverage when it takes off because they will have the system down. They will have the reputation down. They'll have the reviews. I mean, the smartest thing right now is to get in early on something like this and and be supporter and be a raving fan of the of the organization and be like a, you know, a, a. a founding member, as it were. I have a couple. I have a couple of teachers uh, that are like that. That are right, super motivated and and just really really psyched to be a part of it. Um, Andrew Weir, he's a guitar player. Uh, McCall Tauber, she is a uh, piano and voice teacher. I don't know if you know McCall. She had a record out uh, on Columbia. I think it was in '99 or 2000. Me and Freddie Bellano uh, okay. uh, played with her. Um, but as most artists as that, that we know, people just get dropped back in the day, you know? Get a oh, big my gosh, right? Yeah, how many, how many bands were we in that great. just, like, the record never came out? Vix Trolla. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> to the Moon Alice. Oh, my gosh. Six. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, are you going yeah. to release that stuff that we did? So, I... <laughs> it's so good. It was heavy. Yeah, no, it, it's awesome. Actually, I was uh, I I use a different thing that uh, for the intro music, the intro and outro for the bumper, a thing that Dibs and I did. Um, but I played some of the stuff because I I gotta find. So I've been thinking about this today or yesterday. At home in New York, I have all of my dats from the digital audio tapes, right. and I have a Panasonic twenty seven hundred dat player in New York. So <laughs> I'm thinking of just taking those all down. And just taking that because the reason why I say that is I reached out to, uh, I guess it was Richie Kanata. And I was like, dude, can I get my two inch tapes? And he's like, no, they've all been like, basically most of those, if they weren't owned by Rick or whatever, like they've all been destroyed. We're not, we're not paying them. You know, we're not Iron Mountain anymore. So I don't have the masters. So I was thinking i'm hoping that at uh on these dats i have like instrumental versions and stuff like that because i'd love to use some of the music for the things you know for stuff like this but that being said i i have used a couple of the songs you know like in i did uh um like a video for heidi for one of uh for um uh for one, you know, I don't remember which songs like you and Mike Boyko, like you Boyko each played on some. Yeah. So it's like half of it is you, half of it is, is Mikey B. Two I do remember. I just remember the riffs and how, how they went. Yeah. I don't remember the titles. Yeah. Do you, oh, you don't was, have a copy anymore? I'll, I'll, I have it on my old computer. So, okay. Send me I can, stuff, please. I can send you some, uh, you know, some, the, what I have, I have all the songs. I just, I don't have like instrumental versions and, and stuff like that. There was one song. It was like doo doo, goo goo, bah, boom boom. And just I yeah. That's all yeah I so I played that for Heidi. No, what's that? I played that for Heidi because the, the intro was like really like yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that one. Uh, uh, music California. Speak. Huh. This is music speak. Right. Yes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that one. Right. And yeah. Heidi's like, uh, that's, that's too sexy. Like that shouldn't be your intro. It sounds too sexual. Cause it is, <laughs> it's, 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 it's got that like kind of bump and grind kind of, you know, the, 
F shit, F shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously I'll send this stuff to you, but I actually found even some other stuff before, like my, the first demo I ever made the record that inspired me to get into production in the first place when I was 17 years old, did like, uh, I guess it was an eight track. I, it wasn't, you know, it was like that old, maybe, right. maybe, no, it was a 16, 16 track. And uh, like terrible reverb. It's like basically glam rock. It was like, you know, late nineties, uh, no eighties. It would have to be. Right. Yeah. Eighties. Oh my God. God, I'm dating <laughs> myself. But um, yeah, I so a friend of mine, the, the guy who's actually Dave Sussman, you know, Dave from bile. Gosh, I recall the name. I, I remember bile. Yeah. So he's a guitarist with the really, really long hair. Um. I knew who did I knew? No, the bass player. Yeah, I don't I only know anyway. Dave Dave Sussman and then Chris Liggio, um, the the guy, you know, the the creator of Bile. I went to high school with him. Okay. Um, but uh so Dave was in so Dave was in my band. It was called um Soul Shaker. And I Soul uh, Shaker. Yeah, so that was that was us. And then um he left us to go on the road with Chris Angel before Chris was Chris. Yeah. He was doing magic. He was doing all that stuff, but he was That's, not like, I remember he was doing it. He was doing the music yeah. and the magic. His drummer was my drum teacher, Mark Edwards. Oh, so I, used to go, I used to go see Chris at uh, Chris Angel at Spit back yes. in like 1990 or 91. Oh, man. I remember playing I Spit for, uh, for me. That was like, that was a pinnacle. It was almost like I made it. I was like, we're playing Spit. We're playing Hot Rocks. We're playing Lemours. Like this was, I, I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're dating, so here we are we're not only dating ourselves we're temporal we're uh like geographically you know sharing these are all new york places well you know i don't mind dating myself I, i'm actually really you know proud and 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 happy yeah. that uh i am the age that i am you know i do a lot of traveling with with mj live and and and, and most everybody in the show the dancers are like early 20s mid 20s and stuff you know so it's i don't know it's pretty fun to have Stories well, I'm just mentioning it because I think a lot of people like so like when we talk about something that was happening in the 80s, there's a lot of people who may be like, like, 80s. How yeah, they weren't guys? even born. Like, <laughs> of course not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's well, we did we did our we did our our uh, recording in 94. I think it was Is that 94. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was 80s before that, because that was I mean, now that we're like we were real players at that point. Yeah. Or I was pretending to be I was trying. Duh, dude, you've always been phenomenal. What are you talking ah, about? I didn't think, you know, I did a record um, with uh, the Candy Butchers, uh, with, with Mike Viola. We did a record in uh, two, 2003 um, at Bennett Studios in New Jersey. Do you know Bennett Studios? Mm -hmm. Run by Dave Bennett, uh, Tony Bennett's son, Dave Bennett. Okay. Beautiful studio. I think it was in Englewood. And um, we finished the record. We listened back to the record. And at the time, I was... 31 and i thought for the first time oh wow i'm I, i'm good i'm the drummer that i i wanted to be i finally became that drummer that you know i'm, I'm a good drummer i felt that way after playing in bands for 15 16 years at that time yep. you know it took me that long to go all right this <laughs> is good this is something i'll show my grandkids right you know and now, how do you feel about your playing? 
Oh, I'm better than ever. It's great. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I play, I'm, I, I, I constantly play now. Now I just play. I, I talked about meditation. Now playing for me now is just 15, 20 minutes, get behind the drums. And it's just like painting. I paint too. It's just kind of a meditation. I pick up the guitar and I just get lost. And it's yep. just a meditation. Everything's kind of a, just a meditation. It gets me out of my head and then the ideas start flowing. And I don't even know what I'm doing or what I'm painting or what I'm playing. Right. Cool. You're, that's your genius zone. You're in that trance state where you're completely present and lost at the same time. Yeah. 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 The genius zone. I never heard about that. Never heard that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it is, because that's when you're connected to, you know, to divine, you know, you're the genie, to God, mother, whatever that is. And that is the ultimate genius. That is yeah. the, you know, the supreme intelligence. And that's how we tap into it. I mean, I, Einstein talks about that. Tesla would talk about how, you know, he would meditate and his ideas would come, would just sort of come to him. And Einstein really? would talk about that, that, that state of imagination to just calm the mind and allow super supreme intelligence to come in and trusting it right wow i didn't know that tesla did that yeah amazing if you look at all of the the great teachers and all that they have some version of that yeah and even to some people like for me like in the shower is like that for me sometimes where i'm just like i got the water i'm just zoning out and i'm like okay just have an idea and and just allow that to percolate and then also in the sauna for me that's why i meditate is in the sauna and i am so bummed that they've opened the gym down here but they're not opened the sauna yet for social distancing and that was a huge part of my ritual was getting in that heat and just kind of you know using that as my time to to meditate I wonder if saunas killed, help kill the virus. Who knows? No one I'm knows sure that. one day they'll say yes. Another day they'll say no, depending on right. who's saying it and, and who benefits from right. the fact it does or doesn't. Right. Just like eggs. Right. Eggs are good. This, you know, five years ago, they weren't good. Now they're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all, at the end of the day, everything was so crazy. And I've been noticing this and, and there's a little bit of a rabbit hole around the extremities of opinions that are occurring now. Now I knew, so growing up, so to, looking at it as a music point, and then we can extrapolate from there. Growing up, I was, you know, like at the end of the days of disco sucks, right? That was like the, the, seventies, like early eighties when um, I was now coming of age, I'm a young teen um, and disco sucked. Right. <clears throat> I, do, were you part of that? Uh, do you remember that? I vaguely remember disco sucked. Okay. So there was a thing, right? And I was into rock. Like that was my thing. I was into metal. I was, you know, long hair, all that, always into that. And growing up for me, I grew up and like everybody, I always felt like an outcast and nobody got me and all of that. So I did connect more with the, the rocking people. But if you were into metal, everything else sucked. Yes. So, you know, there was, there's always these extremity of opinion. And there's different and then, metal that sucks. If you right, like Metallica yeah. and you like Zeppelin, you can't like Metallica and Zeppelin. Come on. Right. <laughs> right. And then as we get older, right. And then we, it's almost like we got wiser. And then, you know, when I got into like into production, one of the things working at Cove um, is I was so blessed to like during the week, we did all the pop records for Rick 
And then on the weekends, I would be like the, the producer for the weekend warriors who Richie would be bringing in and right. it would be all sorts of weird music. Like I, I did a harp record. I did a, like a, um, uh, an Irish polka band. I did like all these weird kind of musics. And, and what I got, what I appreciated was the passion that someone got into it. And I would never judge I'm like, wow. Okay. I may not have chosen to buy something like this. I wouldn't necessarily listen to this music. I wouldn't go, you know, what would be cool. An Irish polka band, you know, I'm going to get that record, but to make it and learn like what, what's behind it and the energy that the people were into was so powerful. And I, that's what I appreciate. And I got to this thing like, man, I don't care what kind of music is, as long as you're passionate about it. Right. Passion is that's, that's, that's the key word. I remember uh, when Rick signed, signed, I say us, me and Chris to a, a publishing deal after we did Kelly Osbourne's record, he said, okay, we're going to do, uh, I want you to write songs for Shakira I want you to write songs for Celine Dion. And I'm going, Celine Dion? Okay, I got I, I, I to gotta learn. See, I got to start listening to Celine Dion. I got to start listening to Shakira. And I did not like it at all. <laughs> I didn't it's hard like to write it. for something you don't like. I didn't get it. And I was learning Pro Tools at the same time. So it was all very, very frustrating. And in hindsight, you know, I could have, you know, I should have really just been true to what, who I was as a musician at that time, just playing single string. G G G G G G G and then D D D D D and recording that because a lot of you know a lot of pop songs are written that way you know right right and then you have like the producer come in and stick all the other funny stuff around it and then all of a sudden has guys like you who make it sound awesome you and Tom Yezzy and 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 Mark Russell and and Mark did great things too yeah good times back then you know I ran it um I was doing a gig with MJ Live about two years ago uh and uh, not celine dion taylor dane opened opened for us nice isn't that crazy awkward but nice she did did two or three songs and i couldn't wait to i hadn't seen her (laughs) since i think rick had a party in like 93 (laughs) (laughs) and d was there and everybody was there so that was my first like cool party to go to and i'm like oh my god d snyder's here taylor day holy cow and i, I might have met you back then um so i, I walked up to her uh, right like maybe after she got off i don't know um and said introduce myself how you doing i'm, I'm mike and started rattling off names tom yezzy cove studios canada rick wick all this stuff was, oh my god you know she couldn't really talk but i don't know i yeah, think I, I think it actually touched her that someone from that era yeah around right there you know that's cool yeah i haven't i I, every time she's kind of local like i it just it never works out and to for for me to go see her because i'd love to see her i mean she we got along great i love her voice like i remember the first time i recorded her i was just like like she was just in the studio i wasn't even in the vocal booth she was just like yeah just give me a mic come on give me a mic like she's sitting there like you know she's so brass and like you know just i just want to put a vocal down and she just started singing and I'm like, wow, there, there is no studio magicry happening. Your voice is amazing. Her instrument is incredible. Um, the, the one regret I never got to actually do a song with her. That was something that I wanted to do. 
like to find some sort of duet to do with her and and oh to still- sing with her i would love to yeah oh wow yeah i mean i i don't know if our voices would mend well but i definitely i'd love to find out um and still, there's still time she's still singing i've been she still is blowing through some of the uh the cobwebs and i i <laughs> i i don't know if i could still do you know i've been pretty close like high d over high c but uh you know in pure voice but i've i've been warming up more so I, i've been thinking of bringing it into my like speaking like when i when i do events to actually start performing in them interesting that's oh cool. dude i have a whole <laughs> idea like my my vision like my like the the sort of you know my opus would be uh, a multi-day event that is a combination of a musical and seminar so that there would be a live band there would be all of that and it would be like a show so it'd be a lot of allegory and but also doing the do, doing the exercises doing all of that but have it be scored to a story throughout the whole weekend that sort of walks people through some of the challenges, but done in a performance. So there'll be singing and have a live band. And, and I mean, that's like my, my ultimate vision. Wow. I, I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool. It's a, a daunting task, I would imagine, because, you know, to just to put a show together, then make it a personal development experience and more importantly, get someone to go, that sounds like a good idea. I'll pay for that. Right. I don't mean participants. I mean, like an investor to go, okay, I'm willing to put up the, you know, the funds to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's all about getting the right team together right. to do something like that. Right before the lockdown, I had a, a show um, that I had written called Sex, Drums, and Rock and Roll. There you go. And I, I did a photo shoot, not with me in it, because I don't want to be the old guy <laughs> in it, but... Uh, uh, I got a couple of models and, and well, dancers and who are models too. And uh, a cool drummer, a friend of mine. And, and we did a photo shoot and uh, I st- started going around town and pitching it to different venues when everything stopped. Oh. So uh, yeah, I'm traveling around that. I'm traveling through that right now too. Uh, just creating, uh, I've come up with a story for a musical and I've been writing, I mean, just a ton. I have 50, 60 riffs in my phone and they're all, they're all very 90s, you know, they're all very like early to mid 90s, you know. So I've come up with this uh, with a with a loose script uh, for a musical that I want to do. So I'm, I'm traveling along that that that, that path, too. It's, well, I, it's pretty I know there'll be there'll be crossovers. Um, it actually, just reminded me. I think through happenstance, you ended up playing drums with another friend of mine out there, uh, Dennis Blair. I love Dennis. I play with him often. I just did a Zoom chat with him last week. Yeah, so Dennis, uh, we're we're trying to get a time for for him to to do this. But oh, uh, I did his cool. first uh, his first record. I, well, I don't know if it was his first record. It was, but I think it was. It was called "Sleeping in the Rain," um, and I I did that. He's he started out as one of those weekend warrior guys from because he knew Canada. Because he's from right. from New York. Yeah, and uh, so he would come. We became good friends. I, I still go see him when he performs. Every time I'm in Vegas, I, I, we get together. Um, and uh, when I saw him last time, well, not the last time I saw him, but we, I don't know how it came up, 
But I was like, oh, I should introduce you to my friend Beans. He's, he's like, Mike, he's, yeah, he's already playing with me. I'm like, no way. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, D's son, either Cody or Shane, does like his videos or something. I don't know. There was does some. He? Really? I'll have to ask him. Or no, maybe it's the other way around. Dennis's it, son does videos. That does like videos. Maybe with, maybe it was that way. Maybe there was something stuff. that Dennis's son was doing with yeah. D or D's one of these kids or something. I'm Dennis is a great songwriter. His music that he's writing that he writes just gets better and better. He just, oh yeah. Oh, he's, he's super he, talented. He, he's a machine. It's so good and so real. You believe it. Yep. You know. I mean, a lot of artists that you know they'll sing and do their songs and you don't really believe it. I mean. No, he's, he's super talented and he's, he's funny. Like, obviously, uh, yeah. you know, his, his other thing is comedian. Um, and I remember uh, we were at Cove working on his record and we were leaving because he was opening. He was, he was like opening for George Carlin for like 17 yeah. years or something. Yeah. And uh, so we were going to the Westbury Music Theater where George and he were performing. No so way. we're leaving and uh, Lisa, the receptionist, was like, where are you guys going? I'm and yeah, and, and Dennis was like, well, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, I, I got to work. Like, I got to, you know, open for George Carlin. She's like, you, you're opening for George Carlin? He's like, yeah, I'm a comedian. And she goes, that's why you're so funny. <laughs> it was just one of those, like, kind of natural moments where. And that, and that whole exchange was funny. Yes, exactly. I was just, saying, I'm a comedian is funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was brilliant. I mean, it's just so cool how like some of these things come full circle, right? You're just sharing, you know, seeing Taylor and all that. Um, I just talked to another friend of mine. Do you know Joe Cumia? No. Uh, not, remember, you, you might have bumped into him. You remember Opie and Anthony? Oh, Joe. Yes. Yeah. So Joe is Anthony's brother. Um, and he's into you and he does a, tons of like tribute bands and like, you know, the high, high end, you know, tribute bands. And he was, he had a, a residency for a number of years. Like every summer he would be at Epcot in, um, in Disney. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, right. I think it was his last year that they, that Disney was having these tribute bands come. He was just, he was just playing. And I'm like, Oh, that's too. Yeah. I think, yeah, let me go down there. Went down and bumped into him and said, Hey, and, and hung out and, it's just, it's such a cool world that we live in that we can sort of bump into each other in those environments where it's like, yeah. you see them still kicking ass, still, you know, adding value and helping people, you know, basically change their state, which is yes. ultimately what we do is we, we are state inducers in our own way. And, and you talk about being in cover bands. Like I, I was in, uh, for 20 years, all original music, um, touring and doing all that and when i moved to vegas i just started doing covers never i haven't done any well I've done some original music just recording for friends um but i've become the drummer that i never wanted to be when i was in my 20s you know and i love it i love it i get to play drums for a living right it's amazing. that that is amazing so i mean i had quit for several years because i was just burnt out by the business um, back in, in uh, like 2007, 2008, 2009, I'd stop playing, stop performing, working at a rehearsal studio. How many mics do you need? In Vegas? You know? and no, in, in Los Angeles. Okay. 
I moved from, from uh, Manhattan to LA and uh, I was just burnt out. And I got a, an offer for a gig at Hotel Laguna in 2011. A friend of mine called me up and said, Beans, I need you. A uh, guy I grew up with. I really need you on this gig. And uh, it's every Friday and Saturday and I have a contract for a year. And I said, listen, you need a 25 year old. You need a kid. I'm done. I'm just trying to write and teach and just do that. I'm not performing anymore. He said, all right. Calls me up two weeks later and he goes, this drummer's not working out. <laughs> the 25 year old sucks. Cause that's a 20. That's who you were 20 at 25. I don't want to play someone else's songs. <laughs> right. Exactly. Probably, <laughs> probably. And he's like, I really need to. I said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll do that. So that, that gig lasted every Friday and Saturday for a year. The gig ended a month later. I moved to Vegas and started working within a month full time and haven't looked back. So it's interesting that like that was like a gift. It's kind of like those uh, like like the Godfather, you know, I try to get out, but they keep pulling me back yeah. in Dr drumming and drums has really just been my best friend since I was since I can remember since I was five years old. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that short thing that you just shared when you got burnt out, because I'm sure people get burnt out about stuff and they start forming a non-resourceful and negative relationship with yep. that experience. And then yep. you were resistant to it. Yep. Yes. How were you able to finally let go of whatever story you were telling yourself about that? <laughs> so that you could embrace this very healthy, very prosperous, very, you know, w like amazing relationship with drums that you just shared. <clears throat> How did you make that shift? Because I'm sure there are other people who may be there with other things right now. Oof. Uh, gosh, you know, I, I, I was always a seeker, you know, I was always really into Tony Robbins and, and, and got led into landmark and, um, a lot of different spirituality practices like uh, Paramahansa Yogananda as uh, self-realization in the Palisades, California. Uh, and just, I had to do a lot of self work because when I moved to LA, um, I didn't like who I was at all. I didn't like who I'd become. Um, I was di uh, disillusioned about my age being 34 35 years old and still trying to do something or be a rock star or you know because by the time you hit 27 28 it should be over right it's like football i told yeah. myself like, that story since i was 17 since yeah. i was 17 years old by the time you hit 27 28 it's over right and you either die like jim morrison or janice joplin or you right. like metaphorically die and you become nobody right which which is why i think when i was 31 and we started writing for Kelly Osborne. Oh my gosh. I literally said, I don't want to be that guy who writes songs for um, celebrities just because they're a celebrity. Well, mm. I manifested that. I manifested that. I'm not, all right, you're not going to do that. We're going to take that away from you. Even though you're working with Cara Diaguardi, the biggest songwriter in the world, or just about to become one. Sabotage, a lot of sabotage because, you know, uh, bands breaking up and, and, and being homeless after To The Moon Alice and living on someone's couch and 
you know, uh, Southern Pennsylvania going, what happened? You know, after being dropped, this is not the way it was supposed to be, you know? Right. And, and so, so I didn't really like, answer you. I didn't really answer your questions because I don't really know how that came back to me. I just kind of, you know, I, I, I just, I got into surrendering. I just surrendered. So, yeah, well, that, I, said, I guess that's what I'm looking for is, is what was the, the word you could use that would share and, and surrender. He's a letting go. Surrender. Um, yeah. That's my tattoo. There you go. Surrender to success, to re- surrender to a higher power. Hundred percent, whatever. Yeah, yep. that's that's, and I have to do that on a, on a on a regular basis. Well, absolutely, and, and so right, you bring up a great point. Is that it's not a one time thing. It's a discipline. It's a practice. It's the self awareness is dynamic. It's not like you wake up one day and you go, oh, I know who I am, and then you're done. It's like, okay, I know who I am in this moment yeah. and my relationship with this moment. But there's going to be something coming in that I'm not prepared for that I'm going to have to now reevaluate my relationship with that. And my awareness starts with who I am at my core and what it is that I am willing to accept. Right. Yeah. Which is why I've been disciplining myself since lockdown to when I wake up in the morning, um, I do some reading. spiritual books or, or, or self-help books or whatever it is, uh, do my meditation, have my coffee. I try to stay off the internet, off the news, off social media for at least the first hour. And sometimes I like to challenge myself and say, how long have I gone? Oh, I've gone an hour and a half today because I right, know, let's go for two. <laughs> I know that my state is going to change like that. As soon as I open up Facebook and I see what's going on in Minneapolis and, 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 and all this stuff. Cause I mean, you know, we're all sensitive human beings. I, you know, I like to say, oh, I'm a sensitive musician or an artist and whatever, but I mean, we're human beings, you know, we're, we're all sensitive to this incoming, incoming barrage of negativity. And so interesting, like, and God bless you for having that realization and awareness is that at a time like this, when we are so isolated, when we can't go out and really distract ourselves the way we used to, that it is incumbent upon us to figure out new ways to protect the mind, to guard our, guard our mind and our yeah. heart and our spirit from all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and do you live with anybody? Yeah. So, okay. So uh, there's a benefit there because you can at least, you know, kind of distract each other in, in some way or form. But imagine people who don't or people yeah. who the people they live with are not on the same page yeah and like you know hey stop meditating come you know come with this distraction squirrel right and then uh, yeah i uh i had uh gotten divorced and was living in in a house by myself and uh last june a year ago june um i decided to move in with a an old friend of mine who I've known good, been good friends with for 20 years who lives out here in Vegas. And, uh, she's like, I need a roommate. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be alone. And I'm so grateful that I made that decision because I wouldn't want to be alone during this time. Right. You know? So. Yeah. This is such a huge, I mean, that's kind of the, the motivation behind me starting this up again, uh, to do this show is it's, it's always been on my heart to, seek out other 
leaders, other exemplars of overcoming, of reinventing, of figuring out who they are and how they can, because I've had to reinvent myself multiple times. And the only way I was able to do it was by modeling, you know, find someone else who's like, oh, they've been through that. How do they do it? Okay, let me learn what they did and what were they thinking? What was... You know, so that idea of surrender comes up like, okay, you know, like that's, I, I had to learn that. And, you know, for me, it was surrendering, like you shared that identity of I'm supposed to be a certain way. I'm supposed, you know, like at such and such. I remember I didn't want to go to my high school reunion unless like I was already like a superstar because I wanted to show them. I was like, okay, you thought I was the outcast. You thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not coming back. You guys sucked. You treated me like crap. And when I'm coming back, you're going to know it. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> I know. what was interesting is I ended up going to my, I think it was my 20. And, you know, by that time, I had been, you know, some modicum of success. I'm, you know, not, you know, the, the level, but you know, I, I working with Tony and all the records that we made and all that. So like I had a, a, a history, so I felt at least confident enough that if it, if it ever came up like, well, you know, I just got off the road with Tony Robbins, like, you know, so at least that was something. And again, this is back 20, you know, still, you know, back years ago in my 20. Um, and what I found out was everyone grew up too. And they didn't, their version of me, their what they remembered of me was not the way I remembered it. Right. Our relationship wasn't as stressed as I thought it was. They didn't think I was like, you know, an asshole or whatever. They some of them actually thought that I was they admired me for not, you know, falling prey to I was willing to be myself all the time. And they respected that. Now, yeah. granted, I think that's running through a filter of now adulthood where they could say, you know, I always admired you. Now I can recognize it but back then it came out as f you you know to you because i you know kids don't know how to express themselves but i that surrender i wish i had given up on holding on to a lot of that stuff at a lot of earlier age so that i'd be more present to everybody yeah well yeah me too it didn't really i mean i i i got sober uh 13 years ago and that was a pivotal moment for me because I was going to meetings and um, in Hollywood with like celebrities. It was really bizarre. Mike Tyson, for one. I mean, amazing. And uh, I didn't realize that I can, as, as, as a man, I could share my feelings with other people. Like, it never right. occurred to me. I was just like a tight, wound up little ball, just like of just anger and angst and whatever, whatever was uh, all those, all those, uh, negative emotions, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, that. And we, actually I had an hour just talking about that, about like the, you know, the nice guy syndrome and, and that comes from bottling stuff in, right? Like, you know, the, the, the fear is, is that if I share my emotions to that level, people are going to judge me or what have you. Well, people were already judging me in my head. I, right. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And, but, and the truth is they were judging themselves as well. They were like, they were spending more time worrying about them than they were about you anyway. Yeah. And we don't come to that realization to later and it still creeps up sometimes. Right. Because, sure. 
Like even having a conversation like this, like we're so conditioned to, oh, I'm going to put it out on social media. I'm going to have people, you know, have comments and, and all of that. And that was kind of what I was getting to earlier about the music and the passion and the polarization and, you know, metal is good, disco sucks, pop, and all of that. And it's so interesting how people today it's not about music anymore. It's about politics or it's about your ideology or it's about, you know, whether you should wear a mask or not wear a mask, whether you should open up or not open up or whether you have that, but it's the same conversation. Oh, think about it. Right. It's like, right. Yeah. I'm a metal, right? Like, okay, well, I like country. Yeah, country sucks. You, you, you yeah, suck because of the country. It's yeah. the same thing. It's like we're in high school on the internet. I never thought of that. <laughs> right, and, and what? And it's the same feelings that come up. Right. Those same feelings come up. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, and and like this is so where I even take this is is into the form, the language of addiction. You know, I, I'm noticing it looks the same as addiction. People holding on to and not surrendering to someone else's point of view. They're holding on tight to their perspective, no matter what, because they've gotten addicted to that position. They've gotten addicted to metal. They've got addicted to country. They've got addicted to whatever political position, whatever ideological position, whatever all this, instead of going, you know, it's still just music. And the reason why we listen to it is because it's a way we express ourselves. It's having different opinions that makes amazing music. And if we were, we'd never have mashups. We'd never have, you know, like these cool combinations yeah. of Cowboy Troy and Big and Rich and, you know, like Fat and, and um, uh, Linkin Park and all this stuff where they'd be willing to go, hey, let's put some rap and some metal. Let's, you know, like all these things that never would have happened. And it was guys like, obviously, Steven Tyler and um, uh, where they did uh, Walk This Way. Um, Run DMC. Run DMC. I was, I was thinking Dr. Dre. But like they, those are the, the, the people who are willing to drop and surrender to the possibility that, you know, my chocolate and your peanut butter can, can mix together. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I long for that to happen in right now in, in yeah. what's going on because we become more polarized than ever before. This isn't disco sucks and metal rules or, or whatever, because that's pretty, it's pretty benign. You know, we're, we're getting into some very malignant territory in the way uh, things are happening. And it looks like addiction to me. Yeah. One, one of the things that I learned that I take away from Landmark Forum was uh, stop being right. You know, yeah. stop holding on to like, I'm right and you're wrong. And I still, I, <clears throat> you know, that's still difficult for me. Well, you because know, we have evidences as humans, that's what we do. Like we, we see a thing and we have a, uh, something in our psychology called confirmation bias, which basically means if we have a belief, we're going to conform all of our evidences, all of the experiences around path, that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it seems like we're right. Well, right? we are right. We, we are based on our right. And, and so right. The, the, where the surrender comes in is the possibility that we both can be right. Mm. Two rights at the same time. And that's yes. where power comes, because now it's, it's accepting from someone else's position. Because like I use the example, and it's just my example because I live it. 
full disclosure, I am a gun owner, right? I, I, I've no, like, I've always, I grew up around guns. I was a New York State carry permit. I have a Florida carry. I, I don't walk around carrying guns all the time, but I could if I wanted to. Right. My point is, is that people who don't, who believe that guns are bad, would say the NRA, and you'll hear it, the NRA is like this evil, you know, lobby yep. thing. And whatever, and whatever your position is, th- there are people who think that, right? And they so, have data, to ba- and they do have, their, they do have data to back it up, for sure, too. Right. Everybody has their data. Of course, right? Yeah. But I, 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 I don't belong to the NRA, right? I, and I, I, this is not, I'm not defending or anything, but my belief is is that the people at the NRA aren't thinking, you know, it'd be great. Let's make guns available so that they can kill random people. (laughs) Like they're not thinking that, right? (laughs) Their belief is if you as a citizen have the ability to defend yourself, to keep yourself safe, we want to be sure you always have that ability. Now, not getting to the minutia of, well, you should have X amount of bullets and X amount of clips and, oh, they are whatever. None of that. Let's take that out of the conversation for the moment. I also believe the people who are anti-gun don't sit there and go, you know what would be awesome? Having everyone defenseless so that they could be easily killed. Their reason behind it is because they believe that if there are no guns, everyone will be safe. So if we could just go, wait, so let's agree that we both want each other to be safe. Could we agree on that? Now, nice. we, yes, <laughs> now we can have a conversation on how we get there, but yeah. let's not demonize each other and make each other wrong for the process by which we want to experience the same outcome. Because that's like getting mad at someone for driving a Volkswagen Beetle instead of a Ford Mustang. <laughs> I'm still getting from point A to point B. Does it really make a difference whether I take that car and I take that scenic route or whether I get on the the parkway? And it's such an interesting thing because I see it like as we grow up, it's like, man, I f- I'm feeling like a kid again because I'm seeing people argue over this like stuff that's so like, man, I, it's okay to have a different opinion. I like, I like that you found the common ground to agree on something. That's, that's an interesting perspective. I never thought of that. Like, all right, so I differ on politics with this person. He sees A, I see B. But where do we agree? Yeah. Right? I mean, Let's start there. That's a good starting point. Right. Because now at least we're not demonizing. Because it, it's, I mean, think about it. Whenever someone's in a fight, have you, uh, have you ever been in a spirited debate with someone you care about? Oh, for sure. And sometimes we say things that we don't mean because we are all charged and we make it about that person and those wounds can last. Yeah. What I found for, for me is like, you know what, let me, before I say something, what's my outcome? Like, how do I want to feel right now? Like mm. if it were, I mean, I, like, so it's about to be in right. Like, do I want to be right right now? Like, and even if I am, what's more important? I want to feel love right now. I want to feel connected. I want to feel like I have an opportunity to give. If I come from this place of anger, of righteousness, self-righteousness, if I come from that, I'll be ineffective at my ultimate goal, which is to feel love, to feel connected, to feel, you know, that, that you know, the deepest, the most important need, the loving connection. 
rather than the certainty of being right or the significance of, you know, like having the, the loudest voice or the, the strongest point. And then if we take that out further, when we have friends who we differ on politics or on a position or whatever, go, look, I, you know, like rather than because people make people wrong, unfortunately, instead of going, I may not agree with you, but I know where you're coming from is from a good place. I know what you I, I get where you're coming from, that you want to feel safe. You want to feel love. You want whatever it is, the ultimate outcome. But it's very hard to get there when you're being pissed off. Like, again, I, and I, I know it's a, a charged subject, but like right now the, the, with the the um, the rioting that's going on, like this is going to cause more damage ultimately. And I understand people are freaking out and they're full of pain and they have every right to feel what they feel. The question becomes, what's the ultimate outcome? What do we really want and how are we going to get there? And let's talk about what we really want. And then we could have a conversation about what's the best course of action. Yeah. But it's really hard to have that conversation when someone's screaming and freaking out. Sorry, we went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm not going to. I can't touch that. <laughs> well, because there's no. They, let me ask you this. So you can't because people, it's so charged. It's so charged. But I want to go back into addiction and, and people being and, and, and people being right. Do you think that if someone's arguing their point, that in itself is an addiction because they're getting high off of off of. Oh, that yeah. And off of the argument is creating something in their brain. Yes. Chemicals in their brain that is giving them getting them off. 100%. That's why we're seeing this happen on social media. No matter what your position is, people can get off on being right. They can right. be all charged and they get adrenaline. They get their endorphins yeah. going and they, they get a charge. Dude, I got charged last week. I got so frustrated. I, I, I went on, I went on Facebook and I, la, 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 you know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, I deleted a couple of words from there. Uh, eventually after an hour, but I was, I was charged and, you know, and, and then I went back on and, you know, people were, a lot of people were co-signing, <laughs> which was, well, that's which the thing. felt good. You know what I mean? It's like, and that is just something in the brain. And I, I don't know. Well, and, and the other danger that's happening is for some is I've, I've actually seen this happen where people are inviting people to defriend them not follow them or saying, if you believe X, Y, and Z, you know, F you, I don't want anything to do with you. Feel free to delete or I will delete you kind of thing. Right. Dating and the problem like with that is, is that now you're creating a vacuum. And that would be like, you know, in, in a band kind of going, I, Hey beans, I don't like the way you were playing that beat. I'm not, you know, I'm not listening to, uh, you know, like, well, yeah, but you're a vital part of the music. Like th that dissonance, when you turn the beat around, when, when you actually started playing that polyrhythm actually made the song better. Yeah. Now, just cause you don't like it. If you don't like a blue note, if you don't like the, you know, turning the beat around, that's a separate conversation, but don't not play with me anymore. But I did speaking of, of, of music, I did a, uh, I did a song, um, punk band out of LA, a friend of mine said, can you record drums? I said, sure. Yeah. I have mic set up. I'm using logic. So he sends me the song and I hear what I hear. And then I record it. And you know, the buildup and the fill was all 16th notes. And I was like, Oh, this is great. And then he comes back to me. He goes, 
yeah, that, those, those, all those notes you're playing is too much. Can you make it more like a boom, 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 boom. Okay. I'll do that. And he was right. Actually, it sounded, it sounded better, but maybe in the past, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, I would have been like, no, I'm right. I'm the drummer here. Yes. I've seen that where people have argued their part. Yeah. Like, and it's like, well, okay, is this better for the song or is this better for you? Right. Because oftentimes, you know, there are times where someone goes, yeah, this is my time where I could do, you know how hard it is to do that 16th notes and do that fill of that? I mean, that is badass. Like, no one can do that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want it in there. Right? Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. but I, it, okay, let's find another song to do that in because for this one, I hear it more like this. And, oh, by the way, I wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had to deal with that your whole music, you know, your, your whole career probably in producing and, and, and sitting behind the board. That's well, that was how I originally got into, into NLP was to help create a, a better space for people to get along and to get the best out of everybody. Yeah. So I could understand the thought process, so I could meet them where they were at, so I could be able to reframe, so I could diffuse any of those experiences so that everyone would give their best. Mm. We're great with working with vocalists, you know, including myself, but to, to help get them into the right state, to be more vulnerable, to be more expressive, to you know, surrender to what they think it should sound like as opposed to what would be like a new, creative, inventive, innovative way to sing that part. And mm. that was, you know, a lot of the, the work that I did originally, it started out on myself, right? Dealing with a messed up relationship, you know, just, it wasn't, obviously I'm divorced as well. And I was like, I got to learn what my role is. My first experience in personal development was when I was 17 and I applied Tony Robbins cassettes to get the success and make what I made happen in music. And then I was like, okay, I got to take personal responsibility and how am I communicating? And then as I learned more about how I communicate, how others communicated, then I was like, okay, let me see if I, you know, just use this to help with music. And now obviously took it to the next level, you know, going on with Robert Tony being uh, working in the field of addiction, right. For eight years worked in addiction, helping people create a life worth being sober for. Yeah. And amazing. It's all the same watching, watching people struggle with putting heroin down is the same Oof. as watching someone try and put, their phone down and stop commenting and trolling and, you know, getting pissed off because so-and-so said something and blah, blah, blah. And then getting the little hits of, you know, bits of information, short, you know, bursts and the endorphin dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what it is. It's dopamine. Like, Oh, 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 can you believe so-and-so said blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And now, by the way, I'm not minimizing what people are commenting on because there are things that are legit and need to be addressed. All I'm saying is, is that it's okay for people to have a different opinion than yours. That that's the only conversation that I'm, I'm going, I, I believe that everyone is, it's their truth and and that's great. And the way we solve these challenges is by finding something to agree on by asking better questions. And, and you know what? And that's probably one of the reasons why Joe Rogan is so successful. Yeah. 
I just jumped it into something else. But like Joe Rogan, it does. He really strives for that. Yeah. You know, asking questions and 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 not. I mean, he's on a side, but he listens. And you know, right. And, and he changes like, mind. With all humility, that's, you know, like I look at Joe as a great model. You know, I'm just launching this podcast, but, you know, I'm I love he's part of what has inspired me to to make it happen again because he's able to create a space to have those conversations. And yeah. I'm, you know, delicately finding a way to do that because I'm I'm I I'm a common sensitive. I I want to be pragmatic and think through things. That's, I don't, I'm a registered independent. I'm a learned person in personal development. I love people. And my mission is to help make this world a better place. And that's not a clean, simple, you know, black and white conversation. And my goal is to hopefully get people to try on other perspectives in all areas, you know, like we experienced in music. I used to hate, everything but metal and now i love everything with passion yeah yeah i'm getting I'm, I'm i'm recently been getting schooled in hip-hop it's been awesome They're like my right yeah it's cool man i you know and it's funny watching our daughter's five watching her pick up like what music she enjoys and what shapes her choices and so forth and you know on a on a music note like she's five and she's got amazing intonation she writes songs like off the fly. She just sings about random stuff. She can, she's got great vibrato, like really impressive bits wow. of, of tonality. Like she's got a really good instrument at five. I mean, I'm, that's cool. It's yeah. She was singing, uh, you know, Joe Groon. Of course. Yeah. So uh, oh, speaking of Joe, Joe yesterday, it. Joe's amazing, super talented musician too. Um, he, he called me yesterday and Ellie started singing for, for him. And he was like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like I could hear her vibrato over the phone. And it was just, it was fun. Like just, she just loves to, to sing and, and perform. You'll have to um, maybe send me, jo send me Joe's information. I'd like to text of course. him yeah. at some point and say, hi, I haven't spoken to him in, you know, 25 yeah. years or so, you know, right? we live, we live together. For, oh, for, that's right. Yes. That's a, I, I think that's how I originally met you guys in Massapequa. Massapequa. So Rob DiMartino and I, he was in, we were in a band together. Rob was living there and that's how I met Chris, you and Joe. Was Rob living with us at the time? I don't know. It may have been, so he was probably living there before you got there. Right. Yeah, probably. Gosh, I don't know. I so don't he was there that. with Chris and Joe because you moved in and Chris and Joe were already there. Right? I might've moved out by that time. Oh, maybe you moved out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Funny. Moved back in with the parents. Go okay. back to college. That's what I did. Yeah. How'd that work out? <laughs> well, you know, I, well, yeah, I got a, uh, a record contract with, 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 with Rick and to the moon Alice. And then we moved yep. to Woodstock and went on tour for a couple of years. And have you spoken to Leslie? She, she toured with uh, Yanni for a little bit. Um, yeah. That's the last time I saw Rick was at uh, LA forum. Uh, okay. I went to go see, uh, uh, see Leslie. Yeah. Um, I saw Rick there. Yeah, he was good. I don't know if he still lives down Green. here. I haven't bumped into him. I heard someone, one of my friends had met him, but I reached out to him. He didn't get back to me. Um, but yeah, we've, I think, yeah, I texted with Leslie maybe a few months ago. She's doing she seems good. to be doing well. She's in Nashville. Yeah. I saw uh, Maria Christensen, saw her. Uh, she, she's got family uh, around here. So we, we saw, I saw her for lunch the other day. Hmm. 
You remember her? How about, how, how about Lucia? I talked to her on Instagram about oh, it. Cool. Because she's in L.A. now, right? Or Germany or something. Who knows? Can't I have no end. idea. I just see her on Instagram, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, we've, we've had quite the, uh, quite the experience. Yeah. And, you know, uh, do you know Angus Clark, guitar player? I know the name. He plays in T. He's been in TSO with uh, okay. Al for like yeah. the last 15 or so in the West years. Coast version. But he now, played, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was West Coast. And um, I mentioned him because he was in he was in drill for like a hot minute. Okay. Back in like I think '96. So maybe yes, yeah, because I I worked on those records too. And fat and the fat record, right? Yeah, I toured with them. What'd you do? I I took Paul's place. I Mark's place after Mark left. Playing what? Bass. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm like Mark. Wait, Russell? Yeah. Went on tour with them. Mark played for a little while. Yeah. So Paul left and then Mark played for a while and then I took over and then oh, I went on the road with them. We, we, gosh, we played quite that. a bit. Yeah. That was one of those bands that came so close. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of my most you know proud records to be part of because uh, I was like obviously full on in with those guys. And then, you know, I still talk to all of them. Great songs. Oh yeah. Super really talented. good songs. And it's funny. So Gareth is in uh, Blue Man Group. He's a music director in Orlando. Uh, Adrian now is, he's been doing radio. He's crushing it. He's in, um, I think he lives in Vegas now. Really? Yeah. And uh, he's on the air. um, And uh, he was in San Diego. Huh? What station? I just, I I forget. Look him up. He's he's syndicated. He's on a bunch. Wow. Um, And then uh, Paul is in in England or Spain or whatever now. Hmm. And then Mike Boyko is uh, doing tempo in motion. He's going to be on the show. Right. He's, he's oh, that's cool, amazing. Taking again, look how he's repurposing the music philosophy. He's using it in golf. That's amazing. Like it's just that is when really we cool. Get on our path, and we stay true to our core. We can still be different in our approach. We don't have to be the rock stars that we originally hoped ourselves to be, but we can still have the same impact. And, and that's what's so beautiful about like anything in life is that you could still be true to your core, still be authentic, have an incredible impact. It just isn't going to be maybe the way you thought it was going to be when you were, you know, a teenager. And you know what? I actually feel blessed maybe that I didn't become that big rock star that I wanted to be. Who knows? Right. You know, who knows what would have happened? I'm in a good place. You know, you yeah. seem to be in a good place, too. I, I am so blessed and and to continue to have conversations like this and and to have, you know, the the history and celebrate it, not lament yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it's like we we've we've had some incredible experiences in life and and we use them for good. Love it. I, I remember go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I well I I was, I mean, we've been going for like an hour and a half. I was thinking really? we were going to start wrapping up, but if, if you All guys, right, let's please. Wrap up. no, well, no, no, what, what, what you know, say? Okay. I just wanted to say, uh, when, when to the moon Alice, uh, in 98, we had done some demos and you did, you, you recorded and produced those demos and, uh, they sound so good to this day. And the product, I think the production and, and the sound and everything that you did on those, on those songs, it was like four or five songs that you did. They, they were so, so good. 
we wound up getting dropped, I don't know what happened, but I remember there was such a, it was such a, I was so impressed with uh, your skills at that time. Uh, Cause it had been like two or three years since I've heard anything that you were doing. And you just kind of went from a level, I don't know, let's say on a scale of one to 10 production wise and everything like you, maybe you were at like a five, but you went like within like a, a year or two, you just like goose it up to like 10. And it sounds so good. Still the, the, these songs, they just sound so so good so i think i mean i think about that i think about that sometimes i'm like man that stuff sounds so good doug was so good at that you know oh thank you and then i ran into you at upw i didn't even know you were i don't think i I knew you were doing anything with 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 tony wait when we bumped each other was i working with him at the time i think i was yes i was because i remember because we we did you 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 helped me along with the firewalk yeah yeah (laughs) so oh that's funny yeah i I remember, yes, I remember bumping into you and I was so happy to see you there. Like you got yourself, like you were on that path and it was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like to, to just, it's like a, a deepening of a kindred spirit. Like just the, yeah. that, that curiosity. And we celebrated and together and it was like celebrating with you. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I got to celebrate this experience that I was going through this transformation and, and a good friend of mine that who I hadn't seen in years was there with me. Yeah. And, and that was, it was amazing. It was a magical, yeah, that's, uh, magical thing. So, yeah, I mean, that, again, that was another part of, you know, our continued journey of awesome, like, presence. Yeah. Right. Like, meant to, meant to be. Like, I don't believe that, you know, these are accidents, the, the experiences that we have and the people we connect with and the, the way we touch, move and inspire others is, is brilliant. You know, and, and at that point, so had you done Landmark before Tony and then you yes. got into Tony? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so did it like, the other way. I did Tony first. My first event ever was a UPW and then I got into Landmark. Cool. Yeah. I thought about re- reviewing a Landmark Forum uh, in February and I was kept putting, oh, I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. And obviously not doing it at the moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, when it, when it comes to stuff like that, we talk about surrender. I'm all in. I yep. surrender to that moment. You know, I'm, I'm at UPW. I'm surrendering, surrendering to it and, and, uh, and landmark and, and, and meditation too, even though it's for 20 minutes, I'm all in, I'm surrendering, surrendering to it. Well, I'm going to do a little plug right now for myself. Um, and so you could do this, go to uh, guidedhypnotic.com, G-U-I-D-E-D-H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C.com, guidedhypnotic.com. And you could download a, uh, a free guided hypnotic, like guided meditation. Um, I have a whole series. I've got 13 um, different meditations of a whole package, but that's a free one. Um, it's 35 minutes long, but uh, great for relaxing. It's called an anxiety buster. Oh, cool. Wait. So tell me that website again. I just got it back online. Guidedhypnotic.com. Guided. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. So it's, it's just a, a cool free 35 minute session. And, uh, did you put I, it I up on YouTube? Power of that. Huh? Is that, is that up on YouTube as well? No. Uh, is that one on YouTube? It might be the free um, one. The free one. I, well, so truth be told it's part of, and you'll start doing this too, as you grow your, uh, your true music It's a lead magnet. 
So what I want is, is for you to download it so that then I can like offer, Hey, do you want more? Here's how you could, you know, get the package. So we could, you know, go down a, you know, another time, a whole marketing conversation because, you know, we, we have something to offer people, but if they don't know about it and if I can't get more info out to you yeah. to just hope that you're going to go on YouTube and find it, that's, that's great. But if yeah. I can now follow up with you, cause I know you downloaded this and say, Hey, you like that? Here's another opportunity. Check this out. I, I'll, I'm definitely going to contact you about marketing, online marketing, because that's my new, that's the next step yep. for True Music Lessons. How am I going to start marketing this? Well, I definitely can help you and definitely connect you with masters because I am in by no means that I've gotten as far as I can with that. And now I'm, you know, Heidi and I are starting to outsource because Heidi's got her program. I've got my program. We've got our program. And then I've got the, you know, the guided hypnotic is one of the ways to learn more about freedom hack and all the, the work that I do. Um, cool. You know, that's what we do. And then Heidi and I, we have our family program for families who have loved ones struggling with addiction. Hmm. Amazing. Because yeah, it's right now it's an interesting time and people who are, you know, under the pressure, they, had, excuse me, end up going back to old patterns. Yeah. So what yeah, you did was brilliant. You created a new pattern that was yeah. empowering, right? You created truemusiclessons.com as a new focus, as a new way to keep yourself from going, what the F? That's exactly right. Right? It's way better to be working on your project than looking on social media. You're on the computer anyway. I'd rather be looking at things and like ways to market, ways to build my business, ways to connect yes. with others than yes. connect with like woundology to connect with people on pain. Yeah, F this, F that, screw them, screw that. Like it's just that's that's a drug that I want no part in. And I've been guilty of to some extent talking about <laughs> it. But again, my perspective when I get involved is to hopefully get people to open up. And I'm, I would love to, I'd I'm open to other people's opinions. I just come from a place of love and do my best to be sure that there, that's the forefront that have a position. That's fine. I don't believe that your position is, you know, with ill intent. Let's just look at other ways to do this. You know, like I remember in music, we would do all sorts of wacky stuff to get some cool sounds, you know, like throwing up a, you know, an amp and then putting a fan in front of it and then putting the mic behind the fan so you could hear it through the fan. Like who would do that? And someone said, what are you doing? Like, I don't know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be cool. Like it's going to be a, you know, I had so many different pedals, right? Like I have a like big bag full of all these cool pedals and we would do some really wacky sounds, right? I remember one time I did this cool thing. Um, uh, Russ DeSalvo was playing and his part is about to come up and I just reached over. I unplugged his guitar so that I could replug it in and get the before he hits the chords. And that made the record like that was the like it, it was. But you, mm. like if someone said, what are you doing? Don't don't you don't unplug a guitar in the middle of a take. I'm like, well, why not? Well, yeah. You, you, know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get if you try something different. That's like another perspective because we wanted to make it more dramatic and that yeah. was dramatic that that's how i feel about painting i'm no i'm no painter or i mean i am a painter but you know why not why yeah. not to take this color and just slime it like that what would happen why not do you have some of your art like on a website or do you just post it on facebook no, have, here what do you do that yeah i, I post it on instagram okay Cool. So I think, I, have, actually, I think I have a piece, a, a piece that I just posted on my story on Facebook. It's, it's up right now. 
Okay. Well, why don't you share? Let's, let's get some ways to get in touch with you so that we can, uh, you know, help you okay. further. Yeah. You can follow me at, uh, well, on Facebook, uh, Mike Benigno, I guess it's Mike.Benigno, but I'm friends with you, yep. Doug. So you can find me through there or um, you can like my page, my uh, truemusiclessons.com page. Uh, that's another way. Yeah, you can follow me. And okay, uh, Instagram. there'll be, uh, oh, Mike Beans Benigno on Instagram. Mike Beans Benigno, Instagram. Also True Music Lessons on Instagram and soon to be uh, on, on YouTube too. I'm going to start making videos uh, just talking videos, talking about music. And right. that, that, this is a new hurdle that I have to overcome, seeing myself on video and talking to the camera. This well, is a you new just did this for an hour and 40 minutes without a problem. I think you're going to do just fine. Thanks. This I has mean, been great, Doug. Thank you oh, so much, man. Dude, thank you. It's you're my a beautiful dude. man. It's so good to see you. You too. It's, 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 so this was like our hang, like just getting together and just catching up anyway. And it, it, I believe it added some some value to others because everyone right now is looking for a way to get their lives to the next level, to live, love, give, laugh even more, to celebrate their life. And you're a, an amazing exemplar of doing so. So thank you for, oh, for sharing. Thank you. Awesome, brother. Well, I love you for who you are and who you aren't. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, sign off here and okay. talk love to you, man. Take care. Love you too, man. Peace. Bye. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here and we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.